Welcome back to the channel. Today, I'd like to talk to you about my hypothesis concerning why mass shootings have increased dramatically over the last 20 years. Now, before I do that, I don't want to waste your time. I don't like my time being wasted, so I don't want to waste yours. So I'm going to give you a little bit of my background, tell you a little bit about how I reached this hypothesis so you can determine whether you actually want to continue to watch this video. I'm going to leave out my part about being an Army Ranger because I don't think it's relevant. I did, however, spend years in law enforcement, which taught me a lot about the nature of violence and the mindset that produces violence. We're looking at the application of violence. What causes it? Further, I've taught the use of force, firearms, and tactics for the better part of my life, which again has given me more insights into the how and when of application of violence. I also want to be clear, I am not a psychologist. However, I fancy myself an amateur psychologist. I guess you would call it an avocation of mine. And one of the areas that has held particular interest for me is, again, as I've said, the application of violence, the how and the when. And of course, the why, which is what we're here to talk about today, because I believe the mainstream establishment is missing the boat when it comes to mass shooters. The Dr. Reality Vodcast with Dave Champion. Before I get rolling, I want to say clearly that nothing I'm about to say right now is going to suddenly, somehow, miraculously stop mass shooters. However, if we cannot, as a society, we cannot identify the why and the who, then it stands to reason we're never going to be able to anticipate them or stop them. Today, we're going to talk about something that I have named violent narcissism. Now, this is not the first time I've had to create a technical name for something involving humans. When I wrote body science, I had to create a term for the hepatic lipid system and the lymphatic lipid system. The reason for that is those are systems. Or they're literally, you can go from A to Z. It's, it's damn near a closed system. But yet medical science had never given these systems a name. How can you talk about something that's critical to your health if that thing has no name? Likewise, how do we discuss a mental condition if we've never given it a name? If we're talking about a particular mental condition that has various facets, how do we discuss that if we don't entitle it, if we don't give it that title? So I've given it the title, Violent Narcissism. And a person who has the condition of violent narcissism would then be a violent narcissist. If we were sitting here with a trained psychologist with decades of experience who specialized in the criminal manifestation of violence, this would be a much longer, more detailed, in-depth discussion. I'm going to give you the framework today. The violent narcissist has two traits. The first facet is that they have no care or concern, none, zero, for anything but self. Self is all. Self is consuming. What's going on with anyone else around them, they may, if they so desire, play into that. But on the whole, they have absolutely no interest in what's going on with anybody else. It's all about self, which is the reason that when people talk about mass shooters, they always say they were very quiet. They appeared to be introverted. 
they're not really introverted in the sense that you and I typically talk about that in society. They appear to be introverted because they really just don't care about anybody outside of self. And I think it's hard for people to understand when I say this, when I say self is everything to the violent narcissist. And the reason I say I think it's hard for people to appreciate that is vast majority of, of human beings, you know, 99.99999% of human beings don't function on that level. So it's hard for us to relate when I say self for the mass shooter, the kind of violent narcissist we're talking about. Self is everything. There is nothing else. They play the game. They act somewhat normal around other people. But ultimately, it is all about self. The second factor, they perceive themselves to be in torturous, excruciating emotional pain. And coupled with that, they blame the entire world for that feeling. Because at their core, if we ignore the word violent for a moment, if at their core they are narcissists, it certainly isn't their fault. So for this violent narcissist, this a new and extreme form of narcissism, they feel that they have this, what is for them, torturous, unendurable, emotional pain. And all of you are the reason for it. What this leads to is a desire to punish, to make society feel like the violent narcissist feels, what they feel, the horror and the trauma and the unendurable pain that they perceive they're in every single moment of every single day, they need to make you feel what they're feeling. You are at fault. You are the cause. You are to, bl to blame. And they're going to make you feel like they feel. So the question is, how do they do that? In order to discuss that, we need to start with what is a kind of a mind-blowing concept. To them, the people that they gun down aren't real in the sense that you and I see other individuals in the world. They don't feel about other individuals as we do, because again, it's this complete obsession with self. There's also a complete lack of empathy. A violent narcissist has zero, not a little bit, zero empathy for any other human being. And having decided that everyone, everyone must pay for the way the violent narcissist perceives he's been treated, perceives that all of you have caused this unendurable, horrific pain that he's in. There has to be a mechanism by which to make everyone else know how he feels. And the victims are, if I can put it bluntly, in his mind, completely inconsequential. They don't matter a bit. Again, because of the obsession with self, he doesn't see other human beings as having any value. Other human beings and the violent narcissist exist on the same planet, but in his mind, they have zero value. So if we presume for the sake of this discussion that everything that I've just mentioned moving up to this time is valid, then why does the violent narcissist choose a mass shooting? And this brings us to the media and how the media covers mass shootings. The duration of time covering a story for, at minimum, many, 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 many days, and possibly weeks and weeks, 
in conjunction with the fact that the media portrays mass shootings as essentially the worst thing that could ever happen in the entire world. The most egregious, the most offensive, the most worthy of wailing and gnashing of teeth by all of society, which is exactly what the violent narcissist is looking for. In other words, if again, we presume that my portrayal of the violent narcissist is factual, then after the first time a mass shooting was covered in this way by the media, the die was cast. These violent narcissists are always going to turn to mass shootings because mass shootings give them exactly what they want. Now, to be clear, I'm not condemning the media. I wouldn't cover a story of a mass shooting the way they do, but hey, it's the media and they've got money to make. But more importantly, a mass shooting may not have the effect that the media is portraying, may not have that effect on you, or it may not have that effect on me. We may see it in a more intellectual sense. It really doesn't have much of an emotional component. We wish it hadn't happened. We'd love to analyze it. We'd love to stop it again if we could. But individually, we're not devastated by this. But that's exactly how the media makes the mass shooter, makes the violent narcissist believe it. The violent narcissist believes that the portrayal in the media of how the entire country feels about that mass shooting, every man and woman, 330 million Americans, all of them are so fucking distraught over the killing. That is exactly what the violent narcissist is looking for, and that is exactly how the media portrays it. In other words, the media is laying the seeds. Every time they cover a mass shooting in that way, they are laying the seeds, the foundation for the next violent narcissist to conduct a mass shooting. So again, if I'm right, where does this take us? As I said, it's not some sort of a magic cure for mass shootings. However, I think it's fair to say, if we don't have the profile right, if we don't have an understanding of what's causing a mass shooter to shoot, then as far as stopping it, we're done before we start. Are we going to be able to reach out to the media and tell the media, stop covering mass shootings like that? Absolutely not. First of all, in the United States, we have a free press. Second of all, and I, w I wasn't really being facetious. They see mass shootings as an opportunity to make money. That's simply the way the news industry works. The more people you can get to watch your television news, the more people you can get to go to your news website, the higher those stats are the more advertising money that these enterprises get. So if you went to them and said, look, this is what's going on with these mass shooters. If you want to report on it, report on it, but make it very sterile, very quick. It's done in like 48 hours and it, it don't make it sound like much. You know, we just simply like to report to you that 27 people were killed in a mass shooting in New Jersey last night. And now onto the weather. Okay. What would the news agencies say? Of course, they would laugh you out of the room because they're like, are you kidding me? On this one story, there are one story, there are tens of millions of dollars to be made. So you want us to change how we represent these stories so that we lose those tens of millions of dollars? Yeah, not going to happen. But on a more practical note, as you're probably aware, schools, law enforcement, and so forth have almost always had some interaction with mass shooters in a period of time leading up to the time they actually commit the mass killings. 
and sometimes they even have psyche vows, voluntary or, depending on circumstances, sometimes they're involuntarily committed. But again, if the person who evaluates them during that period of time doesn't understand what we're talking about today, again, presuming it's valid, if they don't understand that, if they're not looking for this constellation of factors of which we've just discussed a few today, but if, we, if they're not looking for that constellation of factors that identifies a violent narcissist, how would they, if they don't even know it exists, how would they ever get come to that determination? How would they be able to get back to law enforcement and uh, the mental health professionals, get back to law enforcement and say, one of the examinations we did was for the factors involved in identifying a violent narcissist. And this person is indeed a violent narcissist. Therefore, they are a prime possibility to commit a mass shooting. How can you get there if you don't even have a profile for this thing called a violent narcissist? So by saying being able to identify the violent narcissist is going to stop mass shootings. No, but it's better than not identifying them. And once we've identified them, I see the follow-up issue being in a free country, because somebody's been identified as a violent narcissist, well, it significantly increases the odds that person might someday commit a mass shooting. They haven't done it yet. They haven't committed a crime yet. So what do we, in a free country, do about that? I don't know that I have the answers to that. But today, I did want to share with you my understanding and my belief concerning what is motivating mass shooters, who they are, what their emotional makeup is, what their mental condition is, and how that is driven by the way the media characterizes, represents, and reports on mass shootings. I will add one more thing. I think it's relevant, I think it's important, is that the mass shooter wants to choose as, as his victims the most innocent, the most unexpected, and the most defenseless environment. Not victims, environment. Again, victims are irrelevant, but he wants a setting where they are vulnerable. He's trying to cause horror. That's a huge part of what the violent narcissist is doing. Creating horror is, in society is key to their emotional foundation for the mass shooting. So they choose things like nightclubs because everybody goes to nightclubs to have a good time and they're relaxed and they're partying, they're having the time of their life. And then the horror or the grocery store. Everybody has to go to the grocery store. It's a very common activity. Everybody goes and going about their business, not worrying about being executed. Ah, and then the violent narcissist appears and starts mowing down the innocent shoppers. And of course, the most innocent and the most defenseless is children, which is why schools are a favorite target. If you'd like to keep your eye on this sort of dialogue, <clears throat> go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Uh, also, go ahead and share with me your comments, what your perceptions are of what I've just shared with you. Also, I've been coming to you like this for more than 20 years now at absolutely no expense to anyone who gets to view these presentations. If you consider them to be of value, I would appreciate it if you would go to drreality.news, drreality.news. Grab yourself a copy of Income Tax Shattering the Myths or Body Science. You can read the reviews there. I'm not going to take up any more of your time today telling you what the books are about, except to say either or both will, if you let it, change your life, literally. 
That's not hyperbole. Literally, they will change your life. Thank you for being here. Thank you.